bem-vindo ao podcast Rugby League Feminino. I'm now joined by Molly Aglinton, uh, Sheffield Eagles uh, winger or centre, sponsored by Mick and Jackie Todd. How did you first get into sports? Um, so I've always been a very sporty kid, um, always been interested in PE, always trying new sports. I'm thankful um, the schools that I went to, they were always throwing sports equipment at us and saying, crack on, go see what you can do. Uh, my family have always been very encouraging and me trying new sports and always getting me to where I need to be um, in that aspect. And I started swimming at a young age, which was quite ironic because I couldn't swim and then I ended up swimming for my town and representing my town. Um, and literally in the space of 18 months, I went from not being able to swim to swimming for my town and representing Barnsley, which were uh, quite funny. I've always said I like to do things very drastically. Um, went through school, competed in like multiple teams, played netball rounders, all of, it, all of the above. Um, and then went to a sports college, um, which then it all opens up and you see a different side of sport and you, um, you take into your coaching and you a lot of your coaching badges there. So I, I followed that path and uh, I got into my football coaching. Um, so the, the wrong shape ball for this podcast, but I did a lot of uh, football coaching. I did a lot of work with the FA um, in developing that side. And then, um, obviously, an advertisement got put out by Sheffield Eagles, a um, club that I've always supported since being about seven or eight. R- literally saw it on my phone, ran downstairs, said to my mum, I'm like, I've got to go do it. I'm like, yeah, I need to do it. I've got to give this a try. Like, I support that team. Yeah. not... Even if I, even if this isn't the spot for me, at least I can say I put my hat in that ring. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I said to my brother, like, I've always said I wanted to play for Sheffield, and um, I always knew that it would get about at some point that there would be a women's team, but at, yeah. at what stage it would be, I, I, I never really knew. Uh, you asked Mark Aston, I was always on the pitch kicking a ball about or. Whatever, I was always trying to get involved in men's training. I was always just like trying to play, uh, but I kind of said to my, like myself uh, that I only ever wanted to play for Sheffield Eagles. Um, so here I am now playing for them. So it's a bit of a, I'm living that kid's dream, kid's fantasy. I mean, for, the, for them, by the sounds of it, they've signed a player who's very good at sports, and you you must be. If you're good at sports and multiple sports, you're normally pretty competitive people. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a pretty competitive team. With the, a lot of the teams, all's got uh, different sporting backgrounds. We've, we've got a, a, a keen footballer um, who's come from football. We've got uh, quite a lot of uh, rugby union players, and then we've also got people who've never played before. And a bit like myself, we've always played different sports, but they they wanted to get. It, Involved and stuck into the best sport, rugby league. So how how have you found it going from, obviously doing sports college, doing all your badges for football, then go all right, I'm gonna go do a different team sport, learn a yeah. different set. Obviously, you're a fan of it, so it's a lot easier. 
But were there any were there any skills that you could transfer over then? Um, definitely my kicking. Um, I I have been giving it a go in games. Um, being the kicker for conversions and kickoffs and stuff like that. Um, so that kind of transfers. Um, I've always liked kicking a rugby ball. This is just don't know why, but I've always used to put it on a cone and try and kick it over and stuff like that. Um, just giving it a go. So that's probably the main thing that I've managed to to transfer in my skill set. So Sheffield had one season in the back and it was a great yeah. season. We were covering it on results show and it was I I don't think if you set out to plan that at the beginning, you could have done because it was exciting. Yeah. So you guys get to the final, you win. Throughout the season, you and Swinton are swapping places. Both yeah. teams on year one, both teams up and down, taking it from each other. So we'll start at the beginning. How was it for you going out for your first properly competitive match of rugby league for Sheffield? Um, to put into words, it, it were a bit... It was very daunting, but it was very uh, heartwarming at the same respect. Uh, obviously, we started the team in January. That was his first training session. Um, Amy Hardcastle actually came down. Uh, massive shout out to Amy Hardcastle and thank you for that. Um, she came down and really said to us that the main thing to do this season is enjoy it and make sure that we're playing for each other. And I think we've definitely took that through into the season. Uh, the first time that we all pulled the kit on was at Wigan uh, away, Wigan St Pat's, which for obviously a, a keen Sheffield fan, that uh, Sheffield v Wigan whole storyline really um, weighed a lot on my heart and I definitely tried to take in um, some of that story into my pre-match and really think about it before I was leading into the game and it definitely did calm me and I were a bit nervous. I, I can't kid myself in saying that because uh, at the end of the day, I was playing for, I'm playing for a club that I absolutely adore. Um, so all season, every time I got my shirt out, it just had a massive smile on me. And yeah, it's just really heartwarming to say that I play for Sheffield. So it, it was clear, especially in the division you was in, both you and Swinton had something special. Because you were both kind of like, at, at one point, definite cuts above. At what point did you, how many games in did you go, oh, we could actually go quite far in this league. We, we're we kind of doing very well. Um, I don't know if we had that word, really. Um, we, we just kind of all went out and, like, we'd have a little team talk and we'd just literally say like go on do your best and like as coaches are amazing with us like the, as coaches no matter what result would ever be as coaches we're always proud of us and I think us knowing that they were proud of us as long as we put everything on that pitch and left everything out there um, that they'd be happy with us um, there was no real pressure of you need to be at this point by this season you need to you need to be in this place to be able to do this. There were there were none of that, and uh, it was lovely to play with without pressure. And uh, obviously, towards the, 
the the near end of the season there was a bit like come on you need to really keep your foot on the gas here and not let it slide um but yeah we didn't really there were a couple games where like we'd won and we were like oh god like we're actually all right aren't we like looking around at all all you bunch of misfits in change room like we're not half by the way like there were definitely a couple of them moments so yeah that's it. It's been massively organic as well. You you brought in a lot of new players, like you said, footballers, union players, people who've never played it before. You know, you you've had players who came down from Super League to put in a shift for you as well, and enjoyed the time there that much. You've got absolute legends working backstage with you. Yeah, definitely. But it it must have been nice when you're going along and going, oh we picked another one up, we've got another one. Yeah. Because I, I, I've been covering results this season going and I was like, oh, wow, Swinton will win it. Two weeks after, okay, Sheffield are going to win this. And you, yeah. between between the two of you, two older, bigger branded clubs for the men, to start taking and going, all right, we're, we're going to take this buff on year one as well, going in the same directions. Was it nice to have a team you, you were looking over your shoulders at and then going, okay, we, we need to give them one back now? Uh, I think it definitely helped us uh, in the competitive side of it. Um, when we had his first test against Swinton, we realised that um, they were definitely the team that put up the biggest fight for us. Um, and they were definitely... They always matched us. And um, we always like sort of realised that they played quite similar to us as well. So we were... Um, we would always, we always had a eye on them, um, and you know, after games on Sundays, we'd always try and look at how they got on and just our curiosity and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's nice to have that like matched level of competitiveness, and obviously they were in their first year as well, and they wanted it as much as as much as us, and you can't take anything away from them because they played solid all season. That's it. But both both teams that season can literally. Head held high because year one you kind of go okay we'll just, we'll dip our feet in this league we'll see where not oh yeah two teams from year one are running away with it yeah you know that it it was special it was nice and it was easy for people to two very well known teams are going on a run with it they're both taking it how was it at the back of the season when you're going okay we're probably going to get to the final now we we're pretty much. Did you, did you feel like you were there or thereabouts to get there? Um, so, uh, one of our head coaches, Liam, he, he kind of um, implemented this thing like at the start of the season that we take it a game at a time and all it is is just a different team in a different coloured shirt playing rugby. That's all it is. And he stripped it down for us as much as he could and for us to not get overwhelmed and we always uh, try to play to the occasion, um, as Mark Aston said to us in one of his pre-matches, and uh, always try and do that. And we kind of there was a bit of talk in the change room, and probably the last game of the league uh, when we played Fenston away, um, we got a coach, and then on the coach coach home, we were a bit like, might be in the final, it might not be. Like, you, you got that point excited. like okay we're 80, 80 minutes away from a final 
You know, yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember seeing your last result of the season and going, okay, this is going to be interesting now. This is going to be. Yeah. So, tell us what happened in the semis and the final then. Um, semi final. Um, what day to remember? Um, obviously we got it at the OLP, which is absolutely amazing. We love playing at the OLP, especially having um, the Sheffield crowd down. They make a lot of noise for us, um, and it is really nice as well. Um, just to add to that, that we get the same treatment as the men from the crowd. Um, the crowd always try and get there. They cheer us on. They do chants for us and everything like that. And then like going and seeing a men's game and seeing that they do the same. It is really nice to add to that. So just to te- just to say that to the fans. But um, semi final um, got there. Got in the change rooms. Is all all his kit was set up. And then um, Liam said to us, "Oh, we've we've got a bit of a." A guest speaker before he pre-match, so we were like, oh. so we all sat down, and then uh, men's head coach Mark Aston came in, and Mr. Um, Sheffield, yeah, Mr. Sheffield gave us a gave us a lovely speech, um, and we took a lot took a lot away from it, and it's one of the main things that we say now in the team of just playing to the occasion, um, and like just enjoying it, and he he said that like making the memories is a big part of playing rugby and like just knowing that all your teammates will have you back. Um, and then obviously going out onto the pitch, we had, we had a pretty good, significant win. Um, I think it were 84-16. Um, and it were really good. We, we managed to try out some new things and you wouldn't really think that in a semi-final you were able to try out new combinations and new moves and stuff, but we managed to do it, um, and it it were a really amazing day, and kind of, there was quite a few tears realizing that we were that we were in the final when the final whistle went, um, and then it were all eyes on Odsall after that. That were I I remember someone went to me oh, the Sheffield have overachieved and like, have you seen the results? They have accidentally stumbled into this. Yeah, they've laid waste to a lot of teams like massively. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's not like they've happened. Like you, you've scraped it by four points or six points here and there. No, no, no. There were none of that. It kind of just like started snowballing and probably record scores in League One. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> we'll have to get the stats on that. But yeah, they were pretty, pretty good win for us. So was was Odsall the first big stadium you played at? Yeah. yeah. Other than other than our. Our home stadium, that was the only other stadium that we played that whole season. That's um, it, so you get there, you big occasion. How how was did you feel confident? Did you guys have the like yeah, we know what we're doing now? Um uh, so pretty much we we'd kept pretty much the same. The only thing that we had different was was coach journey. Um uh, one of the girls said, "Oh, let us just look on Facebook." And the club had made us a lovely video of um, people from all all our different teams, uh, from the LD team, the wheelchair team, the men's team, ex Sheffield players, um, and so forth. Just all in this video, wishing us well. Um, That's nice. I'm in charge. 
I'm in charge of DJing duties, so I thought I'd play that through speaker because literally when they went, oh, it's on, everybody started watching it and it were all messing, so I just went, last, let's, let's put it through speaker and listen to it together. Um, so we listened to that on the way there. We got there, got in the changing room, and then obviously when we got off the coach, we all saw the pitch and we were all like, oh, this is, wow. yeah, we're this awesome. is big. <laughs> yeah, um, we were like, this is, this is pretty cool. Um, that we're getting to play here and um, we got into the changing room and then we had um, a lovely surprise of where his shirts had been printed um, for us so it said League One Grand Final against Illingworth and the date um, and we've got to keep them shirts now um, so it's a lovely memory to have for that and we pretty much just kept it all confident I mean I think we had a pretty panicked warm up to be honest um, I think a couple of nerves got to people um, but when we'd all had a regroup and, and a chat, we um, we all felt pretty confident going into it. That's it. For a lot of people, that'll be your first time away from home at a big, properly big stadium with a properly big crowd. Because yeah. there was a really good yeah. crowd that day. Yeah. I know, I know they were pleased with the attendance because it was very well attended because all the teams travelled to go there that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was pretty uh, big attendance. Yeah, it, it was probably one of the bigger crowds that we played in front of. Um, hence the reason why nerves started settling in with a couple of girls. But then, um, when we realised that nothing has changed, it's literally rugby, and that we're all there together and we're all here to do it together. We kind of started to settle into it. I mean, we had a pretty pretty panicked couple of minutes in the game, but then managed to settle themselves down. That's it, so you you come away that day with the victory, knowing but yeah, we I don't I don't suppose but many people could have dreamed from in January but become not even the end of the year, but you'd you'd have won the final, won promotion and yeah. come out of it the way you did because Yeah, it was what a rocket of a journey. Yeah, a rocket is definitely uh, one way to describe it. Um, we we never really set out to get as far as we thought that we would. We thought that we'd do all right and we thought we'd, we'd nibble around top four, but we definitely weren't expecting the grand final win. And uh, it's definitely something that we'll try and carry into next season. We'll try and carry that energy that we fetched to that game and really stretch it out um, across next season because I think we all went in with a really strong mindset and really positive around around the team It's that time of the show now question time here we go number one favourite stadium slash which stadium would you most like to play at and why Um, favourite stadium I've I've obviously got to say Olympic Legacy Park at Sheffield. What what a stadium. Um I think I'd I'd definitely be in trouble if I didn't didn't sit there, there but managed to play there a couple of times this season and it, it was really lovely. Um what I'd love to where I'd love to play, uh, it sounds daft, but I'd love to play at Headingley. Fantastic I'd, stadium. I'd I'd love to play at Headingley. Um if it was still up, though, I'd, I'd have loved 
to play at Don Valley. Yeah. I'd have loved to play there. Yeah. Yes. No, that, that's that's a fair answer because you're a fan and that's that was. <laughs> Number two. Who are your sporting heroes? Male or female? You're still young, so it's like you don't have one growing up and then... So, who <laughs> are they? Um, so, definitely in rugby, um, Andrew Dobson. The legend. Got to, got to give, yeah, got to give her a shout out. What, what a player. Um, definitely showed people how to play rugby once or twice before. Um, and now she's in the coaching side of it, so now she's passing all her, her tricks down to all us. Um, so, yeah, what an amazing person. Um Another one, I'd probably say um, Missy Talapapa from Oh, nice. From Doncaster, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's the reason why I wanted to wear five growing up. That, um, that's the thing, Missy, Missy's one of them players, like, he's a proper lower league legend. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've always grown up watching Missy, and it's like, even now, uh, I know I'm only a youngster, but I'm I'm trying to like find his model boots that he used to wear for me to get now and for me to wear, uh, just as a little nostalgia thing there. And then I've I've got to say Sam Tompkins as well. I've I've got the same tattoo as him on my leg, the butterfly. I had that done. I was because uh, I'm a massive Sam Tompkins. I was, I was scared that I was going to say, say a t- Sam Tompkins style. <laughs> it's a tiny yeah, one you like. I've got, yeah, I've got the Sam Tompkins butterfly in the same same spot. So yeah. Number three, the controversial one. Okay. What's the conspiracy theory you hundred percent believe in? Ooh. I think it's definitely Wow, I don't you know, I'm not even gonna be sure if I'm gonna be able to play that. I might have to edit that yeah, out because I don't know legally if I can can say MI5 might we'll get involved. I'd <laughs> love to check. I'll have to check. Let's keep going with the questions. What is your Christmas dinner? Oh, everybody's going to laugh at I'm really picky eater, so it's just literally like, I love my ultra puddings, I always have extra. And I have mar. so apparently this isn't a thing, but we have Marmite roast potatoes. So, <laughs> but they are really nice and they don't taste of Marmite, but it's just a bit of extra seasoning on that. But they are really nice. We'll I will see, encourage we'll people we'll, to try them and they're really good for you. I hope they don't taste like Marmite. I would think the people who are cooking them really hate you. <laughs> I love Marmite. I genuinely love Marmite, so, yeah. But, yeah, chicken... A bit of veg, and then like I load up on my orch puddings, but I don't have gravy. A lot of people like kick off at me for that. I don't have gravy. I don't like it. So yeah. So next question. <laughs> Do you prefer to give or receive presents? Uh, I like giving people presents because I'm that like joker in presents, like. I will find like a random thing in the house and wrap it up. Like I've wrapped, I've wrapped like empty water bottles up in tinfoil before, <laughs> made it look like something else, <laughs> given it to someone. Or the other, the other year, me, my nan, and my 
mum all got my dad a bottle of whiskey and we took the whiskey out of the box and just wrapped in the box. <laughs> so he thought that the whiskey had gone missing. <laughs> so like <laughs> So like we're a bit we like the pranks, so we like giving presents. Saying that, like we work we work people don't but I work we don't know how to do this podcast. We've done Secret Santa. Yeah. I've, I've got someone, a Pat Butcher calendar. <laughs> 2023. That's Pat, Pat Butcher calendar. That's quality. So, we'll keep going. Next one. What do you want for Christmas? Um, if Santa could get me some new boots for Christmas, that'd be absolutely amazing. Um... Everybody likes to laugh at me for my boots, especially in the grand final, because I wore um, different coloured boots. I wore one pink, one yellow. I have the same boots, but I just decided I was going to do one of each. So if Santa could get me some new boots. I'll say that so far. So this, this is episode three of the 12 podcasts of Christmas. Episode three released of 12. Every player so far says they want boots for Christmas. If in doubt, <laughs> buy them thing. boots. Because yeah. they can always do the spare pair. Yeah, Santa, please. Need new boots. <laughs> Next one. What's your favourite Christmas song? Um, I don't really, I don't really have one. But if I were to say like what I'd have on in the house, I'm gonna get absolutely slated by this by all the girls. But I'd probably say Justin Bieber mistletoe. <laughs> like. It's just easy going, isn't it? I get too hyped up if I listen to Mariah Carey. That's why I turn into a little diva. So, so going on from that, a part of Whamageddon, have you been whammed yet? Definitely. It's on every day where I work. So <laughs> they've got Christmas music on already. <laughs> so it's definitely been on. I probably hear it about six times a day. Last but not least, what's your favourite Christmas film? So, this is controversial. Is Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween or Christmas? It's got Christmas in the title, obviously it's Christmas. Well, you people said that it's a Halloween film, and I battled that it's both. So yeah, I'd say, that, you know what, it, now you say, I'd say that's one of the few ones that can cover both ones. Yeah. So, I'm saying that, but if people don't accept that answer, then it's Grinch. The Grinch. That, that's my yeah. job at Christmas. I am the Grinch. Yeah. That's about the end of this part, or the end of this episode, if you're not listening on the mega show. Yes. Is there anyone want to give a shout-out to before you go? Um, so I just want to give a massive shout-out for my teammates. They wouldn't uh, be this podcast without you all. Um, I wouldn't have stories to tell and tales to tell. Um, I just want to give a massive shout-out to the coaching staff who work really hard behind the scenes to make it all possible for us to go all, all out on the field. So, Andrea, Becky, um, Tash, Dan, Liam, Hannah, Dan, Dan, the physio man. Um, love you all. Thank you for making it possible for us all to go out and do what we love. Um, my mum for taking me to the games and putting up with my constant drama and tears and the whole red roll and my dad um, and then obviously my sponsor my, my nan and granddad Mick and Jackie Todd um, sponsored me for this last season and this season again thank you all 
No, thank you for coming on. We're definitely going to hear from you as the season goes on. So thank you guys for listening. If you're listening on the Mega Show, keep it going. We've got more to come.